In today's episode, I'm going to give you critical strategies and action steps from my Quick Wins Poker Course. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi, and I'm so appreciative that uh, you chose to spend a little bit of study time with me today. And today's episode, it's going to be a really good one, a special treat for you. It's inspired by my Quick Wins Poker course that you can find within The Poker Forge, my training membership site. Now, this is the first course within The Forge, and the goal behind putting this up front and center in The Poker Forge is to teach my brand new members the most important strategies that's going to take them quickly from losing to winning poker. The course has 10 modules, and they're set up in a specific order that helps build quick Uh, or critical skills one on top of the other to turn you as quick as possible into the player that you want to be. So in today's podcast episode, I'm actually going to hit all 10 modules. So I don't know how long it's going to take right now, but it might be a longer episode than usual. I'm going to hit all 10 modules. I'm going to give you the most important critical strategy, uh, one or two pieces of strategy from each module. And I'm also going to give you an action step that you can take action with. So 10 modules, 10 strategies, 10 action steps. And the goal is each action step I'm going to give you, uh, you should do it for three days straight. So this one episode will give you 30 days worth of strategies and action steps that you can take to improve your game. So truly, for the next 30 days, you can only focus on this episode, leave everything else behind, no more poker overwhelm for 30 days just with this. So I'm really hoping you're going to enjoy it. Um, To see what I'm about to say, (laughs) to see the show notes page of everything I'm about to tell you, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash quickwins. That's going to lay out all of these 10 strategies and action steps so you could just go down the line one at a time for three days each for 30 days of study. Now, speaking to the Quick Wins Poker Course and the Poker Forge, right now, as of today, the day that this episode drops, Wednesday, November 25th, my Black Friday deal is going on. It is uh, an unheard of first time ever deal for me. I am offering Lifetime Poker Forge membership for only $297. At the current $49 per month uh, rate for the Poker Forge, it pays for itself in just six months. So if you want more information on the $297 Lifetime Black Friday Poker Forge deal, just go to thepokerforge.com right now. Once again, Black Friday deal, $297 lifetime membership, thepokerforge.com. All right, so let's get to the 10 modules. Gambate. Everybody just stay calm. I can handle this, no problem. I know how to deal. License and registration, please. What seems to be the officer problem? Module one is called using pre-flop ranges. Now, you may have seen ranges from tons of different sources in the past, uh, training videos, other websites and stuff. My book, Pre-Flop Online Poker, has the KISS cash game ranges. And within the Quick Wins course, that's exactly what I give. My KISS cash game ranges. Now, the important strategy to take away from this entire module is that when you use ranges, you're taking your math or you're giving yourself a mathematical advantage against most of your opponents. So if you're a losing player right now, it's for probably one of two reasons. Number one is that you play way too many hands. 
you're calling preflop with hands like 10-7 suited, jack-6 suited, jack-9 offsuit. Things that just make you playing or that have you playing way too many hands. And what that does is it causes you to get to the flop at, the, at a mathematical disadvantage against your tighter ranged players. Now, the other thing you might be doing is you're either too passive or too aggressive. So you're just doing way too many calls, not enough open raises, uh, not enough three bets, or maybe you're doing way too many open raises, way too many three bets in the earlier positions and out of the blinds. What the KISS cash game ranges do, they constrict your ranges. And you can just imagine if you are only seeing the flop with the top 10% of hands, but you're playing against opponents who see with the top 30, 40, top 50% of hands, you automatically have a built-in mathematical pre-flop advantage. So that's the benefits of using ranges. So if you go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash quickwins, you can download the KISS cash game ranges, and there's instructions right there for you that tell you how to use them. So I'm not going to go into detail on that here. I just want you to know that ranges, especially tight aggressive ranges like the KISS ranges, they restrict the hands that you play preflop, giving you that mathematical advantage, that critical mathematical advantage and that's the first step that's going to set you up for poker success and more profitable play so here's your three-day action step for module one go to the show notes page smartpokerstudy.com slash quick wins and download the kiss ranges and then over your next three days i want you to focus on your open raising ranges not the calling, not the three betting, not the th uh, calling three bets, but focus on the open raising ranges, understand them, use them for every position and follow them pretty darn strictly as long as you think it's a positive EV spot to enter. So that's your first three day task. Module two is called asking great questions, and I really love this module in it. I teach you the importance of developing a habit of asking and answering a question before every single button click. You know, if you're a losing or a break-even player, most likely you're just looking at your hand, comparing it to the board, and deciding, oh, is this hand good enough to bet, call, raise, check? Is it bad enough to fold? That might be all that you're thinking. But when you train yourself to start asking questions, you're going to put more thought into your decisions, uh, more thought than just your hand on the board. So, for example... The ultimate question, poker's ultimate question is what are they doing this with? So when your opponent bets on the turn for half pot, you ask yourself before you call, before you fold, before you raise, what are they doing this with? By asking and answering that question, you're forcing yourself to think about your opponent's range, how it interacts with the board, the type of opponent they are, how they generally play on turns, how you think they would generally play on this turn card right here that put four to the straight and three to the flush on the board. Whatever it might be to ask, or not, not to ask, to answer the question, you're forced to take into account so much more information. And just by doing that, you're going to be making better decisions. Here's another great question. It's my favorite river question. When you're facing a bet and you're thinking about calling, maybe you have top pair, top pair weak kicker, bottom two pair, whatever it is, you have to ask your, or you, you have to ask the question, is my opponent betting with worse hands? So if you think about the situation, if you think about their range and you answer it with, heck no, he's not betting worse than my top pair. He's triple barreling now. This is three quarter pot on the river. He has to have two pair or better knowing this opponent. Well, if that's your answer, he's crushing your top pair, probably even your bottom two pair, right? Easy fold. But if on the other hand, you ask that question, you say, well, yeah, 
I have two pair. He could easily be betting a top pair. I know this guy. He loves bluffing three streets. He's easily bluffing. And, you know, he could have me beat here, but I beat plenty of hands. Top pairs, second pairs, uh, under pair bluffs, busted flush draws. Whatever your answer is, as long as you can name a lot of hands that he could be betting that's worse than yours, go ahead and make the call. So that's the critical idea behind this module. Asking and answering questions and turning that into a habit forces you to think about more information, which leads to better decision making. So here is your three-day action step. When you get to the flop and whatever your opponent does, checking, betting, raising your C-bet, check raising you, ask and answer the question, what is he doing this with? You're going to have to think about all the information available, but once you do that, the answer to the question will guide your button click. Do that over the next three days, and I guarantee you're going to be making better decisions. And simultaneously, getting back to module one, those KISS cash game ranges, focus on using the call to bet ranges right there over these next three days. Module three is called Striving for Bread and Butter. And if you've heard me on this podcast, you've heard me mention tons of times that bread and butter situations are the most profitable. Bread and butter is a term that I learned from Tommy Angelo uh, in one of his books, and it basically refers to the most profitable situation to be in. That is, uh, you are in position on the flop as the pre-flop raiser against one or two other opponents, and preferably one opponent. If you actually filtered in your database for bread and butter situations, you're going to find, once again, in position, pre-flop raiser, one or two opponents, that is more profitable than any other spot you could be in. And here's an interesting thing. Even if you if, if you do not believe me that bread and butter spots are the most profitable, if you don't have a database of your own hands online that you can look into, let me ask you this question. Which spot would you rather be in? The button open raiser against the big blind caller, right? That's a bread and butter spot. Or would you rather be in the small blind being the third caller after the early position open raises and then the big blind also calls? Yeah, obviously. You'd rather be the button versus one big blind player, right? That other situation, calling in the small blind against four other opponents out of position? Yeah, Losing spot for sure. You already intrinsically know this because you are a poker player. So the whole idea behind this module is teaching you ways to get in bread and butter spots more often and avoid those non-bread and butter spots. So here is your three-day task. Before calling out of the blinds versus one open raiser, ask yourself, do I want to give this opponent bread and butter? Now, if it's a weak opponent who you know how to exploit post-flop and you don't mind him having the stronger range or the position against you, then fine, make the call. But if you look at the guy and think, oh my gosh, he's a reg. He's a really strong player. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to call and give him position post-flop? That's a money losing spot. Bam, you're going to click fold, right? So do that over the next three days and I guarantee you're going to find yourself uh, losing less money out of the blinds. Module four is called Improving CBET Profitability. And I really like this one because it teaches you how to properly do the most common play that you should be making post-flop. And that's the CBET, right? If you're striving for bread and butter, as we talked about in module three, you're going to get to the flop more often than not as the pre-flop raiser, which gives you the chance to CBET. Now, here's the most simplest, most critical idea from this entire module. Know why you are CBETing. 
your c-betting either for value or as a bluff. If you're c-betting for value, you have to ask and answer the question, can my opponent call with worse? So that's going to force you to think about their range. And if there are plenty of worse hands in their calling range, great, make the c-bet. If you're c-betting as a bluff, you have to ask and answer the question, is my opponent folding often enough? Well then, think about it. Look at their fold to c-bet stat. Gauge whether or not they're in position or out of position and how they might fold more often or less often because of it. And think about that pre-flop range or their pre-flop range and how it interacts with the board. If it interacts favorably, they're less likely to fold. If they're like a fishy player, a calling station, and the board is really wet, 7, 8, 10, uh, 2 spades and a heart, eek, scary spot to be bluffing in, right? His calling range preflop probably has a ton of different draws, plus very good made hands on that board. So that leads me to your three-day action step for this one. Of course, think about the reason for your c-bet before you make it, and see that it will work. If you're c-betting for value, know that he can call with worse. And if you're c-betting as a bluff, know that he can fold. And with this one, I want you to spend this same three days working on your three-betting pre-flop ranges from Module 1. Module 5 is called Reviewing Hand Histories. And I really, <laughs> you know, I was about to say I really like this module too, but I actually like all of these. And the reason why is because all 10 of these modules are critically important, but they're kind of like no like no brainers. They're, they're just the easiest things that everybody must do to become more profitable. And so with this one, Reviewing Hand Histories, pretty simple. A lot of you have Poker Tracker 4. You turn on the HUD, you try to use it, but you never spend time off the felt reviewing your hands. You don't take a look at your biggest losing hands, your biggest winning hands, how you play draws, how you play top pair, how you play when you're out of position against your opponents. I mean, reviewing hand histories within Poker Tracker 4 is critical. And I'm going to tell you the simplest way to do it right now. And this is actually what I want you to do over the next three days. For those of you who are uncomfortable, you don't know how to go through Poker Tracker 4, this is the easiest way. Over your next three days, each day review 10 hands where you lost the pot as the pre-flop caller. That's it. So just filter for calling a 2-bet or calling a 3-bet. Look through some of your biggest losing hands. You lost 80 big blinds in this one, 100 big blinds in this one. Whatever those biggest losers are in various positions, review those hands. See if you can't find your own mistakes. Here's the critical thing about just doing these hand reviews, right? Julius Caesar once said, experience is the teacher of all things. You are uncomfortable going through your hands right now. And that's how I was at first. But by doing it over and over again, I learned how to look through my hands. I became a better hand history reviewer. And these three days and the next 30 hands, remember, 10 hands per day, that's going to help you become that better hand history reviewer. And during these three days, I also want you to focus on your call three bet ranges from that prior module number one. Woohoo, fun stuff, and we're only halfway through. Long episode, I know. But once again, of course, this episode is brought to you by ThePokerForge.com and my current Black Friday sale. $297 for lifetime membership. You owe it to yourself and to your poker journey uh, to take me up on this offer. It's my first time ever. I guarantee I will not offer it. Maybe not until next Black Friday, right? But if you get it now, you're going to have a full year before everybody else buys it next year, right? So very good deal for you. Once again, go to thepokerforge.com to take me up on the $297 Black Friday lifetime membership deal.
And here's an important thing. There are eight current courses within the Poker Forge with more to come. Altogether, if you go by my recommended timelines, it'll take you eight to 10 months to get through all the courses. If you have a lifetime membership and the membership pays for itself only after only six months, you are saving money by going lifetime. So please do it. Once again, thepokerforge.com. And I'm looking forward to having you as my newest lifetime member. All right, module six is called Utilizing Game Tape. And I've talked about game tape plenty of times. What game tape is very simple, just like players use, uh, like football players, football coaches use, you record your play, like with a screen capture software, Camtasia, OBS, just record your play one or two tables. But the goal, as you're recording it, you're speaking through your decisions. So if you're about to call a three bet, you list why you're calling that three bet. You don't want to just click call uh, because that's not benefiting you in any way. Game tape, you can kind of think of it as a coach looking over your shoulder, or you can think of it as like you're streaming your poker play on Twitch and you got an audience and you got to explain what you're doing to your audience, right? Or they're going to question you and they think you're screwing up because there's no logic behind your plays. Game tape forces you to use logic as you play. So here is your uh, your your take action step for the next three days. Each day, start your session with 15 minutes of game tape. Just speak through your play for 15 minutes. Give your logic behind every call, every bet, every raise, every check, every fold that you make. The next day, watch that 15 minutes. And it might take you like 20 minutes. You might find a hand. Oh my gosh, why did I do that? You know, so it might take you a little bit longer than the 15 minutes to watch it again. But do that every day. Record one day, watch the next every single day, and I guarantee you're going to find yourself using more logic in your decisions during the game tape recording and afterwards when you just continue playing your normal game. Module 7 is called Targeting Player Types. Now, this is a really good one because I tell you exactly what to look for to help you categorize your different opponents, and I give you tons of ways to exploit them, right? Now, what I want to tell you right now is actually like the number one exploit for profitable poker. What you need to do is target the loose passive players at the table. Hopefully they're on your direct left. So when they're in the blinds, you have uh, the best position or they're on your direct right. So you can do a lot of ISO raising and three betting against these loose passive or fishy calling station players. Now, these loose passive players, they're the ones who just can't find a fold. They make mistakes by ta- uh, by staying in too long. They pay too much for all of their draws. They're the perfect value target. So if you sit down at a table, you want to see fish on your left and right. When you see them on your table, do whatever you can. When you have a decent hand, do whatever you can to isolate them in the pot. If they're in the blinds and you're in the cutoff or the button, open raise with hands that are ahead of their calling ranges. The goal is that they're the only caller and you get to see the flop in a bread and butter spot against the fish. Or if they're to your right and they limp in or they make a tiny min raise to two big blinds, ISO raise them. So raise over their limp, maybe six or seven big blinds. Hopefully everyone else folds and they call as the weakest player at the table. Or if they make a small two bet, you three bet to nine big blinds with a strong hand. Hopefully they call helping you build the pot in a bread and butter spot when you have position with a strong hand. Either way, that's what you're doing. Target the loose passive players and try to play as many hands with them and do exactly that over your next three days. Find the fish, get involved with them, earn their chips. Module eight is called putting in volume. 
Now, for online poker players, volume just means playing a lot of hands. And it is such a big help to your overall profits and your win rates and your skill accumulation. See, you're spending time right now listening to this podcast, possibly learning some new strategies, maybe refining some strategies you kind of knew already, right? But here's the thing. You're listening to the podcast and only so much of it is seeping in. To really understand this stuff, to improve your game, to improve your skills, to make as much money as possible, you need to put into practice everything that you learn. So every new strategy you learn, you really want to put in anywhere from one to 5,000 hands, working specifically on that strategy, focusing on it over and over again. So in module one, I give you the Kiss Cash Shame ranges. In module four, I told you to work on your three betting ranges, right? Well, let's say you really wanted to perfect your three betting ranges and get more comfortable. You're totally uncomfortable with three betting. Three betting. You don't know how to do it. You only ever three bet with aces and kings. Well, over the next three days, once again, let's do another three bet focus with the Kiss Cash Game ranges again. But your goal is to make a three bet every time you feel it is positive EV or profitable. That means you're three betting for value with hands, maybe outside of the ranges, but you've thought about your opponent and you know that they can call with worse. And maybe you're three betting as a bluff with hands outside of the range as well. And that's because you've thought about your opponent. They're open raising 25% of the time and they fold to three bet 75% of the time. They're folding more often here, so I'm going to three bet with my King Jack suited instead of just calling. And what I also want you to do is play as many hands as possible with this three betting focus or whatever focus you choose over the next three days. So if you generally put in 200 hands a day when you play, strive to put in three or 400. Find an extra half hour or an hour to play with that extra focus on whatever strategy you've chosen. Module nine is called selecting profitable tables. And this is a real simple one, right? Let me give you an option. Table A, six max table. You're sitting there with five players and they're all tight aggressive. They all have stats like 14-10 or 18-14. And as far as you know, they're pretty darn winning players. And looking at those HUD stats, they look like they all use HUDs. You got that table or table B, where you're sitting there, six max, with five loose passive fish all around you. You have a 40 slash 2, a 30 slash 5, a 55 slash 15 player. All these crazy loose passive players that play way too many hands, and you with your tight aggressive ranges? Wow, you've got a good mathematical edge against these guys, right? So which table would you choose? Obviously, table B, full of fish, right? So that's what selecting profitable tables is all about. Uh, Your job is to put yourself in the most profitable spots as possible. That means you have the most fish at your table. So over the next three days, look around at your table. Gauge the player types there. If it feels like, hey, this is a great table to be on. I love all these fish. Then go ahead and stay. But if you're there with all tight aggressive players or all loose aggressive players who love to three bet against you, then you probably want to leave the table and find fishy players instead. All right, module 10 is called a positive EV mindset. Now, EV stands for expected value. And playing with a positive EV mindset means you're constantly thinking about the long-term profitability of the play that you're about to make. So which play sounds more profitable to you? Calling in the small blind with jack seven suited or calling in the small blind with pocket fours? Well, if you're like me, 
you like set mining and you really love hitting those sets, right? But you much prefer set mining with pocket fours than playing jack seven suited. Sure, you're not going to hit strong pairs with those pocket fours, but it's going to be really easy to check fold when you're out of position and you've handed your opponent bread and butter with that pre-flop call. That jack seven suited, man, you can be in big trouble. The jack high flop comes, you have top pair weak kicker, but your opponent has ace jack or pocket kings, which crushes your top pair. So you just check calling three streets and giving tons of value to your opponent. But if you had pocket fours on that jack high board, and you didn't flop a set, easy check fold, right? So in the long run, calling in the small blind with pocket fours, it's probably a more positive, more money making opportunity than calling with jack seven suited. And that's what having a positive EV mindset is all about. You think about the long run profitability. If I can make this call over the next million hands, would I do it? If the answer is no, just fold, get out of there. But if the answer is, yeah, I can hit sets and I can stack this fool and I know how to play post flop with a hand like pocket fours, totally make the call. So that's what I want you to do over the next three days. The final three days in your 30 days, days 28, 29, and 30, you're going to approach every decision with a positive EV mindset. Ask yourself, is this a profitable play to make in the long run? If I had the opportunity to make this play over the next million hands, would I take it? And if the answer is yes, go ahead and take it. You found a positive EV opportunity. If the answer is no, hell no, fold and get out of there. Alrighty, poker peeps. Thank you so much for sticking through to the end of the podcast. I know it was a long one, but I guarantee you now have 30 days of strategies and action steps that you can take that I know are going to improve your game and your skills. Once again, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash quick wins for the show notes. And of course, my Black Friday deal is going on $297 for Lifetime Poker Forge membership. You owe it to yourself to get this deal. Once again, go to thepokerforge.com. And it's right there, $297 for Lifetime Poker Forge membership. Pays for itself in just six months. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be. Mm-hmm.